The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game, the show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Reagan Kelly, and I am joined by all of my fine co-hosts. Laura Nash. Nate Heininger. And Shane Kelly. And here it is, your very belated Game of the Year episode. Dear listeners, we've missed you. I certainly have. We've all had some some life events and, 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 uh, and complexities, and the end of the year is complicated for everyone with holidays and everything, but... Uh, I will, we won't get into all of it, but uh, oh boy, it's been a time. Um, <laughs> Omicron. <laughs> Omicron. And We've other misfortunes. Assaulted by Omicron. <laughs> if it was just Omicron, it would be one thing, but ugh. But, but you know what? The, the people have been calling for it. I've, it's been on the news. We've got our no- giant novelty check ready. We're here. We're finally here to give the, 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 the most... <laughs> <laughs> the most <laughs> gaming's most you gotta you have to keep this in <laughs> no i was coughing we, i know we have to keep this in because it totally coughing uh, and just completely destroying your t- <laughs> yeah. i feel bad the most coveted gaming's night of stars yeah. the great moment <laughs> when we all come together as a community and award something to somebody it was a tough year what what a year we've had, you know, and and what a time to come together and arbitrarily pick uh, games that we love from this year. I, I can't wait. I've been waiting for it for weeks. I'm excited. It's good to see all of you again. It's been a weird it's good month. to see you again. <laughs> this is the night where we say, suck it, Jeff Keighley. This is the real Game Awards. <laughs> That's right. How about those Game Awards this year? Pretty uh, Pretty cool. I actually do get excited for them now. I I really? I, I know I'm maybe I'm an outlier, but I actually do kind of get excited for the game awards. Nah, I, I, I didn't care at all. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't watch them at all. No, I don't know who Jeff Keighley is. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the game awards guy. Okay. Um, context totally clues, le- Nate. And this year, our to- your totally legitimate <laughs> podcast hosts who know a lot about games. <laughs> Right. Our, opinion. our opinions are valid, everyone. <laughs> Everyone's opinion is valid. I'm not wrong. You're wrong. Facts. So, uh, should we talk a little bit about how we how we did this? In, in uh, our- yeah. Well, I'll first say that. Um, so every year we do a little bit of horse trading or other sort of wrangling behind the scenes to decide how we are awarding game of the year. And we've used different formats over the years. We are not tied to anything. We uh, we are free to do what we want because no one is paying us for this apart from you patrons. Um, and so the, the format that we decided on this year was we did all of our, our horse trading in advance. We've got a game of the year picked. We also have some special categories invented in order to honor other games that we loved this year. Uh, and we did all that picking in advance so we can get straight into it. We're not going to be horse trading on the episode. But if you do want to hear that horse trading, that arguing the process by which we turned our own individual picked lists into a combined list. The bribing. Uh, you're good. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hear those those uh, 
hear us air our dirty laundry, then you can actually listen to that on our patrons feed. So we'll have a separate sort of unedited episode out for folks who want that behind the scenes stuff. But we're diving right into the action here. We've got everything picked out. And so it should be real quick. We're just going to list it off and then hang up, right? (laughs) So let's dive in going overboard. (laughs) Oh, no, you've given it away. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers for the year. For the very first announcement. Is it what for the next thing we're going to say? <laughs> Laura, not really. Game of the it's year. We have decided. Podcast game jail. of the year this year. <laughs> the most short game, short game of the year is Overboard by Inkle. Uh, I I loved this game so much. This was a pandemic project by Inkle. So if you're not familiar with Inkle, they are a storied uh, small indie. Uh, interactive fiction slash indie game developer. They're the developers of past short game favorite 80 days uh, of Heaven's Vault, which we adored. Uh, And by the way, interestingly enough, they just came out with some Heaven's Vault novels. Did you see that, Laura? I did. I did. Did not I was in like do not buy things jail so I didn't order. I'm any. also I also have not ordered them because they only release them physically and I pretty much only do novels on digital they formats look beautiful. these days. They do. They really look like a beautiful object. I really want them. Someone should have given them to me for Christmas. No one did. It's uh, it's not too late, Reagan. <laughs> it's not too late. It's not too late. I'll just Let's put just this out into the world <laughs> in a podcast. <laughs> uh, but yes, they are uh, uh, they are one of our favorite developers, and their their pandemic project was this really innovative little game that came out on a bunch of platforms, including iOS, which was very nice. And I don't know what to say about uh, about Overboard other than that I thought it was a huge, wonderful surprise and incredibly narratively inventive. It, it's it's maybe one of the best pieces of interactive fiction that I have ever played. A great work of of mystery writing uh, from a new perspective. It's funny as hell. I yeah. thought it was so brilliant. It so represents yeah. what I think the short game is all about. It is the knives out of interactive fiction. And, 100%. Uh, it's That's a good it's point. so good. It the it it really uh, one of the reasons why and we were talking about this saying it's a game we would recommend to anyone regardless of whether or not they even play games at all is like, first off, you know, platform it's on mobile devices. So it's a very easy recommendation on that front. And then beyond that, it is just incredibly tactile and approachable for a piece of IF the interactivity of the map, uh, the way it handles all of the different kind of navigation around and the clock um, all of that stuff is pretty uh, unusual in IF, but it is incredibly natural just to a reader or or you know even an inexperienced player. And on top of all of that, you have some of the very most fun, colorful cast of characters that I have seen in a video game in a long time. I, you know, you will really root for um, for the for the the characters to get away with murder. I mean, yeah. we played this in June, and I remember almost all of the characters' names, which is not true for most books I read. And I forgot I forgot the lady, but I remember Anders very well. <laughs> Anders, yes. Mm. I, I also just this was one of the easiest games to hand sell. Um I'm waiting for my check Ingle because I basically said, Do you want to play a Who Done It where you done it? And everyone was like, You yeah, done it. Sign me yeah. up. Um it I I love being 
uh, a murderer covering up the murder. It's so much more interesting than being the detective. And there's a detective in the game. And you can play poker in the game. And it's actual poker. <laughs> it's, there's yeah. so many things. It's incredibly replayable. Um, every time I revisit it, I find new stuff. It's also fun to play with in front of people, like as a group. You know, sort of like mm. collectively making decisions on where you're going to go and how you can get away with it. Uh, it. It's it's a great game. Um, we we talked a little bit before landing on this being just our game of the year as maybe being like the biggest surprise hit of the year. But like, I, I think Reagan, you said it at the top. This is like exactly what. I think we we called it short best short game bait was also a, a, a thing we threw mm-hmm. around. You know, it's like <laughs> this is all we want in video games. Ultimately, it's yeah. just more games like this. If you are a developer we love and you have a little idea you think will take three months and you want to put in our game in the year, please do. Like we're we're very open to that. Like this is yeah. our bribe version. Um, I'll but- also say that Veronica Valenci was definitely in the running for our later uh, award of Dirtbag of the Year, our traditional, <laughs> uh, as well as Anders, and maybe other characters of this game as well. A lot this of Dirtbags. Just just star-studded Dirtbag material here. This is The characters in this are so vivid. It's almost like a... It's almost like a Coen Brothers uh, where it's like dirt yeah. dirt bags or idiots all the way down, you know? Mm. <laughs> just the way I like it. <laughs> yep. Mm. Yeah, what a you good know, game. Coen Brothers is another good touch point for it. Like, yeah, Shane mentioned Knives Out, and I kind of see that. Mm-hmm. But, like, this has a Coen Brothers kind of it, feel to it. Too, this is too – it's too It's too silly for Coen Brothers – for Coen Brothers. For Coen Brothers, like, it's it's too vibrant, you know. Depends but, on uh, the Coen Brothers. Yeah, they've yeah, done a lot of – they've got I, that range, too. Yeah, I know. But, like, there's still just it, – it's – but the, the like – the story and the complexity of it feels very Coen Brothers to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I also don't want to, like, get away from it without talking about what a puzzle box it is. This th- One of the yeah. things they put on their on their their site about this is they call it narrative clockwork, which is almost underselling it. It's like it's it's like uh, uh, like this incredible replayable mystery puzzle box that has so many moving pieces and you know, it has tons of endings, but it's not like your traditional visual novel where you're just sort of choosing from a list of endings towards the end of a story. This is something where like there are a, a ton of really wild things that you can Absolutely. make happen in this game once you really understand how its narrative works. And you can fast forward. Also yes. that. I mean, honestly, uh, so if this brilliant. didn't have a ha- fast forward button, it probably would lower my list. But I was so happy about that. This also kind of kicked off uh, a mini trend for the year, which is time loop games. Um, mm-hmm. This this one, it, it is, I think, a time loop. Although, I'm, I mean, it's not as explicit as it is in some of the other games that we're going to talk it, about. It hints at it. Veronica, like, clearly, like, wakes up each each time and like has some memory seemingly sort of of the fact that she's done this before she's like that didn't work or whatever yeah it it sort of more hints at it though it's not like it's not the the time loopiness of it isn't core to it but i think it's it's fair yeah Yeah. video gamey but that was a big trend of the year man well it's Mm -hmm. which is funny too because uh like i i would almost guarantee that overboard started and ended their development be like 
after everyone else had already been developing their games. Like all of the other, you know, all of the other uh, time loop games probably were worked on for years and then released in 2021 and overboard was created in three months and beat everybody to the, uh, to the time loop trend, which is awesome. And you know, the, when people ask about like what what is the deal with the short game, like one of the key things that I think is so important about playing short video games is that smaller games, smaller scopes leaves uh, more room for people to experiment with new yeah. narrative design ideas, new structures, and then you know we see those things filter out into gaming as a whole. Sometimes you see a, a small indie game that invents something. And then five years later, everyone is doing it. And um, like, I don't think that's exactly going to happen with Overboard, but like this feels like one of those moments where this game has invented something with the way that it does narrative here that like, it's not the first game to do, you know, uh, like a puzzle box with, uh, you know, a replayable narrative puzzle box or whatever. But there's something about the way this works that does feel extremely innovative. Um, and I I think this is going to be one of those games that like is is perfect for study from a narrative design and you know game design perspective because it's it's contained but within it is contained an extreme amount of like interesting complexity that's like yeah it's it, this is like this is foundational I think this is going to be one of those games that people are going to be looking at for years yeah it manages to make you feel like you can do anything you are in complete control of your decision-making and the game expects and reacts to whatever decision you make. And it just feels, it feels good end to end. And uh, yeah, it's great. My favorite thing about this game. And I think uh, maybe a good note to end on is I love that this was a game because the creators were a little burned out and they wanted to make a game where every single person on the team only did what they wanted to do. So, you know, he got to write specific jokes and make kind of 19, you know, 20, 30s jokes. And like the illustrator wanted to do characters and costume design. So let them go ham. Like they don't really want to do furniture. Cause it's like, it's not draw furniture. Let's draw a boat. Like everyone got to do only what they wanted to do. And that's awesome. Nothing else. And that's why I think it works so well. Like everyone got to just do their favorite thing for three months. And I think it's such a joy for, as a result. Turns out let people do what they want to do and uh, you know, maybe good things will happen. So that's awesome. So we also had a lot of, other games that were spectacular and you know someone's favorite, but we we didn't want to make a ranked list uh, because not yeah. everyone played everything. So from now on, we're going to talk about like superlatives, and I am very happy to award best feelings to Chicory, a colorful tale. What a good this ah, Chicory for a little bit. This was going to be our our game of the year. All of these games that we're about to talk about could have been game of the could year. Have been this a, right. This game is so delightful i love this game it it got a ton of people's number twos and several close you know close calls and i i think chicory has a huge heart but it's not cloying um that's something i really appreciated about it um i loved that i could take a break from the game in color uh for those not familiar trickery is a game where the main mechanic is literally coloring back in the world the world has gotten all the color removed so it's like a blank coloring book page and you're restoring it but it's also puzzle as you paint you get more and more powers to traverse the world and do different things there's even combat with a paintbrush 
very cool game. Um, a lot of mental health um, conversations, but there's also humor and lightness. Um, I said, you know, we were talking about superlatives. Best feelings was an easy one because I had all of them, positive, <laughs> negative, deep, light, creative, frustrated, like all of the feelings are in this game. So it's, um, it's very therapeutic this year. Yeah. And it addresses them. It goes straight at talking about those sorts of feelings. Um, yeah. It's also, it, even though it, it gets heavy at times narratively, it is still just like delightful end to end. I mean, right out of the gates when it asks you, what's your favorite food? And then that ends up being your character's name. It's so funny. Um, yeah, I, I love this game. It also just came out on Switch or recently came out on Switch, which oh, I think thanks. is... Mm-hmm. God, because this game was like born to be on Switch. Yeah, it's a perfect... I'm so glad it's there now. Oh, and if you were a Kickstarter backer, uh, check your email because there's a discount for the Switch game. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. nice. So even yeah. yeah. Them. This was, uh, you know, we did obviously, you know, listen back to the episode, but like this game came as a bit of a surprise for me because like, it's funny, like Wander Song, uh, the, the previous game by Greg uh, Labanov um, was one of those games that like surprised me with its mostly with its writing, with its like narrative depth. It was a lot of fun to play, um, but it it mostly just sort of hit me with feels in a way that I wasn't expecting. It had uh, more to say and said it very well, you know, about a sort of like um, uh, uh the power of hope in the face of darkness at a time when that was a message that I needed. Uh, and this game in a very similar way is sort of about the, the power of hope in the face of darkness, but also the power of, of art in the power the face of, of hope darkness. in face of darkness. You are self creating because you have imposter syndrome and art. Is hard. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, uh, it's, they're both incredible games about, uh, about feelings and, like it's incredible that they both hit as well and as hard as they did. Like these are really beautiful games and this game is, you know, wander song is a great game, but this game is more of a, a game game uh, yeah. than wander song. And I think this is a game for everyone. Like, I, you know, uh, overboard is a game for literally everybody, but like, this is also a game for anybody who likes video games and it's, it's just yeah. absolutely. And if you're lovely. not sure there is a demo, a sizable demo you can check out. So oh, good. I, I also think people have been kind of chasing the dragon that was undertale for like five years now. And this act, while this game tonally and everything was, is so different than undertale. It still had that same feeling to me of like, uh, that perfect blend of interesting and fun mechanics with a story that I've never seen told in this way. Um, and it, uh, it's, yeah, it's a great game. Yeah. I, I think best feelings is our, is our award yeah. for this game. And I think it's a good one because this game gave me great feelings. <laughs> <laughs> the game that I'm most excited to talk about and have been recommending to everybody is the one uh, we're giving the most holy shit moments and that is Inscription by Daniel Mullins. That was a pretty recent one. This was, however, a game that as soon as I got, uh, really got into it and really started playing it, I knew this was going to be on my game of the year list. For my personal list, this was at the very top. This game had, uh, I mean, it's, at a certain point, the uh, like spoiler clock is going to run out on this one. 
So, uh, but it hasn't quite run out yet. You should go play it and go in blind if you can. Uh, we did a two-parter episode on this, so you can listen to our spoiler-free <sighs> episode and uh, let that convince you to try it. But uh, this nails two things that aren't often like really both firing together, uh, which is really good replayable gameplay and simultaneously a really well-paced story that moves forward and progresses and uh you know and that in a genre that i was already starting to think was maybe played out uh the uh kind of roguelike deck builder it really really hit for me this year man the deck building roguelike though is like i I could see how someone might feel that's played out but it also feels like that that wave is just beginning yeah to crest like yeah, that, right. the deck building roguelike is bigger this year than ever before and there's no evidence that that is slowing down so. yeah we played what three of those this year yeah. well and if we had done um you know for the for the purposes of this show we do games that came out in 2021 um but if we did games that we just covered on the show this year Griftlands is a game that also did a really interesting narrative, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, a told an interesting narrative utilizing deck building as its core functionality, but it really didn't have that same roguelike feel. And that's what like you're getting to here, Shane, is that like dying and starting over a ton in inscription mixed with the deck building uh, uh, mechanics on top of the just, stellar storytelling um you know really made this game was also my game of the year it, it was funny uh i was talking to molly and she's like what are you guys recording on tonight you haven't done anything for a month and i said we're doing game of the year and she said didn't you just do two episodes on that game so uh <laughs> <laughs> i was like well you know we'll see we'll see how it goes um uh but it, but yeah shane's right like we just did this game. Go back and listen to it. If you haven't heard and if you have not been convinced enough, like, I don't yeah. know. I don't Honestly, know what I would more. not have been mad if this had been our game of the year. Yeah, it's an amazing game. It's a really amazing game. I think this is yeah. you, you, you mentioned um, overboard being like fundamental or, or uh, you know, going to be mentioned a lot forever. I think inscription is as well. I think this is a game that um, is really going to be remembered and referenced. Um, for a long time it's fantastic so the next award on our list uh we couldn't come up with what to say for this so i'm just going to say this is best galerius goes to the game the forgotten city because galerius everyone's best bud is in the forgotten city and it should win awards based solely on that but i i i really want people to play the forgotten city i think I, like I, I know it got some good press, but like it's now available everywhere. It's on Game Pass. Uh, it's on consoles now. Um, it even I think came to Switch. If you're willing to do one of those things where it's I think it's it's one of those games on the Switch where it like streams from the cloud uh, rather than than like running locally on your Switch. But I think you can even play it on Switch now if that's where you like to play things. The Forgotten City is amazing. It's an, also an amazing development story. Uh, the Forgotten City is a is a uh, time looping mystery game set in an underground forgotten Roman city. Uh, you bumble into it as a modern person, and you find that this is a city that has been cursed 
with something called the golden rule, where if anyone sins in this city, if anyone commits a sin, what is a sin? This game makes you think about that question a lot. Um, it, it is it is eager to discuss it with you. <laughs> yes, this is a ph- very philosophical game. To the extent that there is a character who is named the philosopher, who you can <laughs> discuss the nature of sin with at length. Yes. So you bumble into this incredibly bizarre place. And by by quirk of your way of getting here, you have the ability to loop the day. Uh, so anytime you screw up, you can restart the day. And uh, you're in this strange ancient Roman setting to try to solve sort of the mystery of, of the town, I guess, right? Um, and there are many very vivid characters. This is a game that is done entirely in first person in 3D and looks really good, which is something that we don't see a lot of in this sort of like indie game space. It began its life as a a mod for Skyrim, which is a really strange development story. But what they did was sort of prototype this narrative structure in Skyrim as a sort of Dwemer, like underground dwarven city. And then when they realized they had something really great on their hands here, they filed off all of the Skyriminess and reset it in a new setting that actually works even better and way better. completely redid it. And it's now this entirely self-contained thing that is absolutely a, a fantastic puzzle box. So if you like games that play in the sort of Skyrim first person, you know, looks like a big budget game kind of style, but you want something really condensed that tells an amazing story with really clever ideas, big ideas, and is like willing to go down those those philosophical rabbit holes with you um, and really explore its premise to every possible end. This is a really amazing game to check out. Um, and I really hope that people are doing so now that it's like on Game Pass and everything. It's it's on everywhere. You can you can download it on PC and on I think PlayStation 4, and I'm pretty sure the Xbox, obviously. And um so check this game out for God's sake. It's so good. Uh it's awesome. And uh personally, I mean, we talked about our we each had our own personal lists, right? And this was my personal top game of the year. Now, part of that was probably that like I knew that I was probably the highest on this game of the of the group and that if I put it at the very top of my list, it probably wasn't going to end up as the actual game of the year for the show because I know I'm not going to be able to browbeat these folks. Reagan is the only one who line. Reagan game theories his list just to prepare for <laughs> For the you know conversation, it. yeah, I know how these conversations go down. We've had them a bunch of times now, so I, I put, I, you know, I follow my heart with my first item on the list, and that was this man. This game, I loved it. I really, really loved it. So yeah. I can't recommend this game enough. And Galerius, just to explain, best Galerius here. Um, you know, you have a, you have a. There, there's a character in this game, Galerius, who's this like. Uh, shaved head, uh, like Roman, um, what is he like? A, you know, uh, peasant or whatever. And he's, uh, <laughs> you said he's that like a, you said that like a Roman king, like a a a, 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 a peasant <laughs> or whatever. Pleb, <laughs> you know, one of the pros. Pleb, that's the word is I was looking pleb? for. Pleb, okay. He's, I, yeah, I he's a pleb. The games. I think, yeah. Anyway, he's he's uh 
you know, but he he's he's like clearly like the nicest guy in the city, and he's a fun game mechanic in and of himself. Because this being a a game about time loops, you have to redo a bunch of stuff. But Galerius is game to just do stuff for you, bud, because he's such a good guy, and that that's really valuable and important. And he becomes sort of your best buddy through this whole game. So, um. I love Galerius and I love the Forgotten City. So I I, uh, I award the Forgotten City our prestigious best Galerius award. What an honor. Galerius, come Next on down. Game on the list. Oh yeah. He he can pick up his uh he can pick up his award in uh yep. the next thousand years. Yep. Uh the next game on the list is best action. So this is a game that kind of came out of nowhere for me, and I haven't really thought about it that much since I finished it, but uh, it it totally rules just to play. Like, the gameplay is so good. This is Boomerang X. Boomerang X Hell is yeah. a first-person shooter um, with a incredibly stylized art style where, you know, everything looks very much like a... Um, uh, kind of a posterized, uh, b- uh, weird bug thunderdome, and <laughs> well, <put>. um, <laughs> the um, the gameplay is what really is got to sell you here because um, it's all about kind of this boomerang glaive thing that you just throw and it returns to you and you can like catapult yourself towards it this is such a hard game to explain why it was my number two game of the year was it my number two i think it was my number three game of the year at one point it was number two um but the boomerang and the movement in this game and the ability to kind of slow down time and pick your shots uh, but while still maintaining an incredibly frantic experience, the fact that by the end of this game, you you will have to have mastered the kind of boomerang catapult mechanics to such an extent that you are never touching the ground and can play in a, a featureless void, um, that kicks ass. And it's just not that often that we get to cover a relatively hardcore fps for the short game because that is just not the kind of thing that um i can convince my co-hosts to cover nor is it the kind of thing that um most game developers are interested in citing in at like 10 hours or less so uh this one is unique what was the um first person action game that we did this year also that was like all cyberpunky and super fast Oh, uh, uh, oh, geez, I should have put that on my list. Um, uh, uh, Ghost Runner. Ghost Runner. Ghost Runner. Ah. Yeah. Uh, it was from 2020, which is why it wasn't on your list. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. That's Did we play that in 2020? No, it's, we played nope. it this oh, year. Oh, it's from, we, we played, played it, it in this year, but yeah. it was, oh. So, so you're absolved from forgetting about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That game whipped ass. Yeah. I didn't mean, awesome. I didn't mean to derail from your point though, Shane. I was just thinking like, yeah, we almost never get to play those. And then I thought of that one, which was Whoa. also super tight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would love for them to yeah. bring us more of these. Um, th- this one leaned even more into like the just hyper focus on a single unique thing. Like Ghost Runner felt like they could have added like another dozen levels and made it a lot closer to a triple A game. 
Boomerang X was so tight and so contained. And I'm not just talking about the arena levels. I'm talking about the the scope of the game and its incredible focus. Just so good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just as a bit of news, uh, you know, we played that pretty close to when it came out. In fact, I think we had our episode out like day and date with the release of the game uh, about three or so months later. You know, we talked about how we really wished there was like an endless mode in that. And they released one October like late October. Uh, I haven't played it yet. Uh, Cause it's, you know, been one of those things where we never get to the chance to like loop back to games that we enjoyed, but like this game uh, playing like an endless mode of this actually is like one of the few games that I think that would be like super, super compelling. So like, I, I really want to give that a shot. I'm really glad they, they continue to add things to it. And I would play boomerang X two in a heartbeat man. No questions asked. That would be amazing. Boomerang 12. Give me the game and please tell me exactly (laughs) zero additional information about these bugs. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing lack of story in this game. (laughs) Perfect lack of story. It's awesome. I love this game so much. Uh, So yeah, good, good call giving this one best action. And for our last of these style awards, um, really special one. I'm so honored to be here today to give this one out. Um, uh, this one, the award for best Mario goes to Bowser's Fury. What a game. Come on down, Mario. Uh, Kitty Cat Mario. Uh, no, this, like... I felt like we had to talk about this in, in this end of year episode because, um, you know, Mario, it's maybe my favorite franchise, obviously the most famous franchise of all time. And in the year 2021, they released a short open world Mario game that I think that I hope is sort of the, the, uh, foreshadow for where, the Mario genre is going to go. This, they they blended the, um, the uh, like open world aspect of like breath of the wild with like constant little minor things with the um, interesting biome switches of Mario Odyssey um, all in this very, uh, very self-contained, incredibly delightful Mario game that you could finish in under 10 hours. And I would be cool if they just released some, one of these like every year, it it was so good. So fun. I don't need like a 30 hour Mario game. Just give me stuff like this over and over, switch it up. Uh, I loved this game. It was very high up on my list and um, I, I'd love to see more like this from Nintendo. And I felt like everyone was really into it, but I don't think it, it's like feels like it was under the radar for a you know for yeah people didn't talk about it for very long and they didn't yeah. really talk about it because it came out in this bundle with right. the rebake of uh 3D World most of the conversation was about 3D World which you know we'd already had that conversation before yeah. yeah so people didn't really talk too much about it as its own thing which is a bit of a shame because like it is sort of like Nintendo finally made a triple A game in one of their major franchises but for us right yeah a mario short game 
Um, and don't give me all that if you're good at Mario. They're all short games, okay? You know what I mean. This is a... Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. All right? <laughs> we know you can warp through Mario 3. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up, all hypothetical right. person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me invent a guy to be mad at. Listen up. Me Love it. on the other side of this podcast. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. What a good game. Uh, and oh. I hope there's more of that. Yeah, on that topic, today at work, someone went, you guys covered Celeste? That is such a short game if you're bad at it. And I was like, please call us out. I, please, I was like, my <laughs> people on this podcast have children. Please don't call us. <laughs> did, you, did you tell them, shut up? Just yeah. tell them, shut up, you. Shut up. No, I told them, I sold them, well, not every game is for everyone, but I do suggest you check out the soundtrack because I am a professional <laughs> human being. <laughs> Yes. And ask them how they're doing on side C, and if they're, you know, if they're if they're struggling, tell them to meet meet up with me, and we'll talk about it. Because I'm always and you'll be good helpful. And- <laughs> yeah, I always want to talk more Celeste. I'm going to go in really aggressively, and then just be supportive because that's what Celeste would want. <laughs> that's true. Nate, side C doesn't exist. Stop spreading spreading these lies. <laughs> What a good game. We have a special award that we like to give out. Um, this I don't know where this tradition dates back to exactly. I uh, think it Night was in the too... Woods, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Our first Dirtbag of the Year, May, from Night in the yeah, Woods. Yeah, so we just yeah. like to ch- look back at the characters who graced our screens throughout throughout the year and identify just one of them that is our uh, favorite Dirtbag. And... In this case, I think shall I shall I read the nominees or shall I dive right in? Uh, you, could, name the nominees. Read the nominees. Yeah, yeah, name, yeah. People need to so know. So the nominees who are, are out there. The nominees are Utia Duck, the mysterious duck wizard creature uh, from multi-talented, fabulous, yeah. fabulous. Yeah. Sorry, what's the name of that escape room again? Project Avatar. Project Avatar. Project Avatar's Utia Duck, a strong contender. Um, I was, I think the only thing maybe holding Utia Duck back from a Grand Slam victory, uh, well, there's maybe two things. One is that uh, I don't think many of our listeners will have had a chance to experience Utia Duck. Uh, and two is I was actually delighted every time I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would um, actually, in, in hindsight, Utia Duck, we put him on the list because I think we just wanted to talk about Utia Duck. Utia Duck was not the dirtbag, it was Chick Man. Chick Man was the uh, uh, the dirtbag of the game who was, uh, see, you that's know. That's exactly it. That's exactly They're too similar, I think. That's also maybe a knock against Chick Man. We're, we're spoiling the results here. You got to get through the nominees and then we'll talk about the uh, mm-hmm. the decision making. The, uh, the second strong candidate. Uh, from the game Unpacking is the unnamed boyfriend who has a, a bunch of vinyl and a Zen garden, and you cannot touch any of his stuff when you move in. And he doesn't move uh, any of his posters, and he looks like he just watched The Matrix and decorated his room accordingly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our third on the list is Captain Anders from Overboard. Uh, I think in particular, this Nomination is inspired by his casual grace in overlooking your murders. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, I think we also have on the list 
Uh, the Stoat card from Inscription. Yeah. Uh, I would I would amend that to simply be Daniel Mullins. <laughs> Daniel Mullins himself. Creator. Yes. Yes. Some so, some people who were disqualified uh, based on invented rules. Uh, the creeper in boyfriend dungeon ineligible because too creepy to be a proper dirt bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's got to be a little. It's got to be a little fun. There's got to be yeah. a little fun in being a dirt bag. And the yeah, cr- we we yeah. generally like we we, we might not always dirt like bags. dirt bags, but we like talking about them. The world needs something. the world needs dirt bags. The world does not right. need uh, the creeper from Boyfriend Dungeon. <laughs> And likewise, um, Malcolm, the dead husband in Overboard, is ineligible because he's a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's no. just not fun. And also too too dead from the very beginning too dead. to be a third I, yeah. Yeah. Can be off screen, cannot be dead. Yes. Uh Shane, who who is our official dirtbag of the year? I can't say. Because he has no name. It is the unnamed boyfriend <laughs> from Unpacking. Uh, unnamed boyfriend, your socks were more organized than anyone who is not a serial killer. I was certain that we were going to move something in your apartment and reveal uh, a bunch of the slides from Dexter full of. <laughs> 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 it's yeah, it's so boy- definitely the American psycho guy. <laughs> An unnamed boyfriend, your protein power powder is all the way on the very top shelf in the back, so you can't reach it because <laughs> I did not like you. <laughs> it's it's such a it's such good design, such good uh, uh, like environmental storytelling because. There's literally no words in this game. We never see anyone. We and don't we know hate him so much, and we don't know why they got together, and we also don't know why they broke up. She could have been the reason. Anything in that apartment <laughs> would be a reason to break up. Yeah, and, uh, the 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 key moment from that game that really hammered home, like just the brilliance of of the way this game like told its story and told you about who this dick was and how he was relating to his new girlfriend moving in, was the fact that you have your brand new diploma and you have to put it under the bed it's because so, there's yeah. nowhere to hang it and you can't move his posters. It's so good, and, like yeah. ugh, that moment. That moment was so brilliantly done. Like. Like, oof. And man, fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. He sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Dirtbag of the year. Congratulations, unnamed boyfriend. We love to hate you. You did it. We're proud of you. So our next category, um, we we uh, we covered a number of games this year that released in previous years, or maybe we played it on our own and we didn't get a chance to cover it just yet. Um, for the for the awards, we tried to stick with games that not only did we cover in 2021, but also came out in 2021. Um, so we've got a list here of games that we just want to throw out uh, for a variety of different reasons. Um, and uh, I'll go ahead and start. The first game that uh, I think would have been very high on all of our lists had it come out in 2021 or if we'd played it in 2020 uh, was a game called Carto, which we played very early in yes. 2021. We just missed it uh, in 2020, and I, I loved this game. Um, this it was definitely in my top five games that we played this year. Uh, it What a fun, delightful, charming game that also takes the mechanic from one of my favorite board games, Carcassonne, 
and gives you this tile placing mechanic, tells a really charming and interesting story. The puzzles were were light and fun. The the whole thing, just end to end, was delightful. I I I, I truly loved this game, and uh, I felt like we had to talk about it on this episode. Oh, it's so charming and beautiful. It, it's a real gem. I I yeah. That was my first really like calm, like restorative gaming experience of 2021. Mm-hmm. There were going to be more to come, but that was the first one that I just like. I felt so much better after playing it. And yeah, it might have been our first game of the year when we like looking back at the, the uh, calendar. Second. I think that In was Another our Waters first. was oh, our first, okay. but oh, okay, I just okay. looked. So <laughs> I think it's our second. That that's such a good point, Laura, because like I don't typically engage in games that are considered like calming or relaxing. I don't ever feel calm or relaxed while playing video games, even games that say this is a calming and relaxing experience. That's just like I, I don't know. I never feel that way. Except for this game. This was one of the only games I've ever played where I was like laying, I was playing it on Switch, like laying on the couch. It's just like, this feels so nice, you know? Uh, and that alone was enough for me to put it uh, very high, let alone all of the other things that are so good about this game. Well, the game I really want to put up on this list um we haven't really had a chance to talk about it, and I think that is a damn shame. I'm going to try and make sure we cover this more fully next year. And that is Resident Evil Village. This is the eighth mainline Resident Evil game, and it is at least you know among the ones I have played, which is a few, and really even by reputation maybe across the whole series, it is the best Resident Evil game. Um, the Bold Claims! I I'm I I am just this is an incredible incredible game. So I played Resident Evil Seven. My favorite Resident Evil game is Resident Evil Four, and most recently I had the absolute pants scared off of me by um, Resident Evil Seven, especially playing in VR. Uh, Resident Evil Village combines the best elements of both of those, and it brings them together in a kind of a survival horror game that first off fits our format because it comes in under 10 hours. It's like nine and a half hours on how long to beat. This is a uh, a short game that is also a triple A game and is a like incredible, incredible horror game. It leans very much into the uh, kind of slightly campy, slightly funny, but still scary horror uh, that the the series has kind of become famous for, I guess, especially if you like the ones like Resident Evil Four, um, and it is an absolutely like it's an incredible theme park of horror. the The structure of the game has you moving around from this sort of fairly safe hub area of this village out to these different kind of sub areas, each of which is a, a totally different style and theme and sometimes very different gameplay um, and focused around, you know, each time increasingly bizarre and incredibly creepy side characters. The graphics are phenomenal. It looks incredible. Uh, the, the story is 
just so out there and so bombastic. Like in this game, you are running around and collecting jars with with parts of a baby in them what? because you're hoping to reassemble the baby. You had you had me you had me till that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was it's with you. It's fucking weird. It's fucking uh, great. I spend enough time with a baby. I don't need to uh, uh, assemble another one. And that no, that sounds that sounds awesome. Um, it really is. I, I if we haven't found something else for Halloween next year, I'm going to make everyone come back and do this one, just because it really does. In my opinion, this is an unmissable short game for the year. Um, how often do we get a like a true? triple a action experience that clocks in at 10 hours it just doesn't happen that much and for one to be so like jam-packed and so ready to just lean into the crazy like this one is it's just incredible not to mention i haven't even started talking about gigantic uh gothic vampire mommy it's i mean it's it's that Talk about save the, uh, something for the episode, Shane. Uh, like, yeah, a hundred percent of my exposure to this game has just been the like Giant internet's, mommy. Yeah. yeah, the internet's reaction to what is it, Madame Detrius or whatever. Uh, I don't know if I'm close at all with the name, but I definitely saw the the internet reaction to that. Uh, I haven't played a Resident Evil since the second Resident Evil on the original PlayStation, so I am uh, very down to re-enter into the into the franchise. That'd be awesome. I, I'd really have some fun with that. I I played some other games in the series, but it's not something I play a ton of. So I, I'm definitely down to check it out. Yeah, in fact, she, Maggie Robinson, um, who played uh, Lady Dimitrescu, I was close. Uh, was awarded mm-hmm. the um, best performance, uh, best voice acting and motion capture performance uh, for this. And it, it it's, uh, she really does steal the show. Yeah. On a uh, lighter horror, uh, I've had some of the most, I wouldn't know if, I wouldn't put on the best, but I've been, there are a few games this year that I've been uh, um, as like horrified and fascinated by this Bug Snacks. And I know that sounds really um, irreverent, but like, seriously, guys, I, I've talked about Bug Snacks to a lot of people who think I'm deranged now. Um, I had a ton of fun with it. And also the body horror and secret dark, like blatant darkness in this, what looks like a children's game has just like seeped into my soul. And I have had the most bonkers conversations trying to explain the experience of playing Bug Snacks. And I just want more people to play it so they can talk to me about how cute bungers are and also what the heck happens bunger, at the bunger, end of that bunger, game. Bunger, bunger, bunger. bunger. Um, I bought a Strabby plushie because they're cute, but also just to remind myself of like that game exists. That was part like that was not a fever dream I had at the beginning. <laughs> um, I don't know if Reagan has uh, if you have tried to quickly tell someone what, what bug snacks is about but i tried today and no that's not what this podcast is about we tell people at length what the correct games are about. <laughs> and someone said, hi can you explain bug snacks i see you did an episode on it and i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> how much time do you have let's hop in a let's hop in a google call um let's call this our lunch break right now um bug snacks i i can't call it the best because i'm so 
I can see its flaws so well, but like, man, I had a great time playing it. And man, I just want to talk about it to everybody else. It's like, you also did this. Please come with me. Let's go talk for an hour. So. Uh, this isn't for the show, but Laura, I think you engage with real humans about our podcast more than the three of us combined. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because none of my friends play games. Okay. Then- I, I, I just like never talk. I have no you one in talk my life. <laughs> <podcast to laughs> I don't know. Else. Yeah, you know, I don't. Not many of my friends listen. So, but Nate, when we when I went to your wedding, everybody at the wedding like knew me because I started talking, and they were like, "Oh, you're Laura. I recognize your voice." That was five years ago. Things have That's changed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we can we can go back to the. Yeah, I don't engage with real humans on. On any basis, so <laughs> this is my engagement with real humans. It's in my README file of like, talk to me about like musical theater. I have a podcast yeah. about games, so people will like look it up and be like, just send me random questions at work. Yeah, that's as right. a getting to know you thing. So the next game I want to call out, um, I put it on the list because I think of all the games that we played in 2021. I probably spent the most amount of time with this game, and I know that's counterintuitive to our format, but it is what it is. Uh, And also, the Switch version for this game came out in 2021, so I think it counts. Anyway, Monster Train. I think... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Monster Train was one of... It it, it is like the, the most extreme version of the deck building roguelike. I think the genre is expanding and bringing in more narrative design and more interesting, like compelling uh, ways of using that mechanic to tell the story. But I think that like, at least for right now, monster train is the peak of the like mechanical element of deck building roguelikes. It has, everything and it, it there's so many layers there's so much complexity to this game but also it is arguably the most approachable of this genre at the same time which i think is a true feat and and really challenging it's not my or really challenging to accomplish it's not my favorite deck building roguelike but it did get its uh teeth into me i spent a lot of time with this game i still play it from time to time I, I really, really enjoyed it, and uh, I just wanted to to call it out in this episode. I was going to specifically call out a couple, um, but uh, you guys covered most of them. The, the one thing I was going to mention was Creme de la Creme, which uh, isn't a 2020 game, uh, but is It is a was... 2020 game. It's not 2021. Oh, excuse me. I'm stuck in a time warp, as we are all, all what are. What is I, time? I, what is time? Uh, 2020 game Creme de la Creme was one of the highlights of my 2021. And uh, it's, a, it's a lovely little uh, interactive fiction novella. Uh, romance and mystery and intrigue, but mostly romance. Uh, and it's just great. We did a whole episode on it, as well as a few other uh, romance-based things. But like... It, looking back on all of the little short things I've experienced this year, like that was that was definitely a highlight for me, and wasn't going to make our game of the year list because so many factors. But like, it's great. I can't recommend people check out Creme de la Creme enough. It's it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's really lovely, and and if you like if you like the uh, if you like romance in any form, it's got that form in it for you. It's great. Um, so last thing uh, on our list of things to talk about here was. 
non-game or questionably game-like experiences. <laughs> There's certain things that we want to talk about that maybe don't aren't aren't something we can make a game of the year. And uh, apart from just the experience of podcasting with all of you, wow, truly the experience of the year for me. Thank you all. Uh, another of those would be playing Project Avatar with all of you. I I really really enjoyed that this year. Laura, thank you so much for recommending that we do I, that. I, as it a was group. a forcing, and I was I'm so happy for it. Like we, oh, yes. it was such a good time. <laughs> yeah, it was an easy sell. Actually, of of all the games I've played in 2021, I've probably talked about Project Avatar more than anything else. With like anyone that will listen to me talking about it, I am actively trying to organize a work event uh, to, to do Project Avatar. Yeah. I'm, oh, and you can I'm, do Room A because we did Room B. Yep. Oh, Is yeah. Is Project Avatar still available to play? Yes. Like, what, what are they doing right now? Oh, it's still completely available. So they're, they're working on a second game, but since it's in some kind of artist district in the Ukraine, like they just, they're just doing another game on another area. So they're going to keep running this. So That's incredible. Sweet. Yeah, so it looks like... Um, Phase one, phase two, and stalker battle mode are all available to book. And I I would love uh, to play this again sometime. It's incredible. So if you didn't listen to our Project Avatar episode, uh, Project Avatar is a is an online escape room type experience where as a team you communicate with your avatar, a person in a I guess warehouse in the, in Ukraine yep. uh, who has a camera on his head so that you can essentially see through his eyes and exploring an escape room style experience at a relatively fast pace um, uh, in real time with a, it's as if you were commanding another human being in a like real life video game. It's the most wild, Full shit. terrific collectibles. And it's, and yep. yeah, it's, it's not even uh, it came from the escape room world, but it's not like so. Like the puzzles are fast and furious, and you are like running. And yeah. it's like an adrenaline thing. It's not like casually sit and do a cryptics. It's like no, this is this is a lot of running. And it's uh, the most thrilling Zoom call I have ever had. Oh, okay. Easily, <laughs> easily, easily. Every every other Zoom call is a negative thrill. This was you know plus a thousand thrill. It was fantastic. I, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, highly, highly recommended, and it was a wonderful experience to have this year. And um, so, if you're if you're out there still uh, needing an online experience to have with friends or family, it's I can't recommend it enough. It was it it ruled. Thank you, Laura, for uh, for bringing us in on that one. Oh, I I wanted to play it a second time, so <laughs> that's totally <laughs> excusable. <laughs> so, do we have any last thoughts? As we wrap up this year's uh, Game of the Year episode. Shout out to all the uh, game developers and people in the games industry still putting out phenomenal content in 2021, despite the world that we live in. Uh, I, I think this was as good a year for games as any of them have been. And I think we all would have also been fine if every game studio said, no, nah, we're good this year and just sort of punted. Uh, we have so, a lot to catch up on, still do. But, <laughs> yeah, so. Stuff keeps coming out. Uh, so it felt like a really, you know, looking at uh, some of these games on our, that we talked about today, each one of them, such an inventive um, 
effort such you know i really feel like this was a a defining year for like exploring different genres that have already been around for a little while um and excited to see where it goes like i don't feel like any of these games are just like oh this is the best version of of this genre it's like all new interesting takes on on really good on 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 genres that we've all loved already and none of yeah. the games we we gave superlatives to feel like each other in any way, shape, right. or form. Like, how do you compare Bowser's Fury to Overboard to Inscription to Chicory to Forgotten City to yeah. Boomerang X? Like, these are radically different games, which makes them, you know, almost impossible to rank, but also, like, so memorable. There's often years where all of the games in the top five feel similar. Uh, this is almost ludicrously uh, diverse <laughs> for, a, yeah. mm-hmm. for a set. Absolutely. It has been a great year, and I'm uh, looking forward to a new one. Um, listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us through this year. And uh, thank you for sticking with us through the very recent slight gap in our release schedule because we all had uh, nightmare lives in this nightmare world for a bit there. Thank <sighs> you for Reagan, we got we got cocky. Our last episode in the feed was number 300, <laughs> and we spent a whole moment talking about how consistent we are as a show. And this is I think this is the longest gap we've had in the show's history and it for is. for for, for very legitimate reasons but um like We're it's just patting ourselves on the back yeah, little it's did just, they know it's <laughs> it's very funny it's very funny um uh, that uh, maybe funny is not the right word but it's it's a great it's great timing <laughs> that we just got done talking about our consistency so mm, are you going to are we going to lose our releases on Tuesdays badge in no uh, i think they the put overcast? it on pause I think they put it on pause at the end of the year for two weeks. So, oh, that's good, oh, man. Okay. Sweet, My, I, I need that badge. Also, it's Mondays, Shane. Excuse me. I was going to say we never had the release on Tuesday badge because uh, it's Mondays, but um, that's cool. Monday. Ah, that's <laughs> what it is. So, uh, are, can we throw out a? Can we throw a few more things out? Does anybody have? Anything that they didn't get to this year that they really wish they had? Okay, Forgotten City, Inscription. <laughs> no, yeah, also yeah. Sable. Um, I Sable. Yeah, Sable. Sable's definitely on my on my list of shame mm-hmm. right now. Uh, the creator, uh, one of the creators behind uh, Chicory, put out his personal favorite list, and I hadn't played any of them, so I'm <laughs> adding all of those to my to do list. Um, I, I feel like there's always oh, yeah. a million little. Um, little games that we don't find out. I mean, yeah, there's, there's this year's Carto, you know, like it's going to come in January yeah. and we'll be saying, yeah. oh man, if only we had played this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, probably a year worth of games from 2021 that we would like to, and probably should have covered that we haven't gotten to yet. And I haven't even finished catching up on the like must play stuff from last year. It's a nightmare. We're never going to get through it all, but that's what we do. We 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 cover what we can. So yeah, I'm looking but, forward to it. But shout out to the Discord who constantly bring us new and interesting games. Uh, I we used to really have to like if we had a gap week, we'd really have to dig around. And now it's so easy just go into the Discord and find great games. And I think a lot of us play them on our own, and maybe they don't make it on the show. But I like to think of it as a good service for. The show and just for all of the people in the Discord, that channel is is fantastic. So thank you all. 
I I do have a final award. I know a lot of you are wondering what my favorite Magic the Gathering draft set of the year was. Yes. Finally. I didn't know it was Kaldheim. Um, Kaldheim, the Viking-themed set. There you go. Wow. Wow. That's going to send ripples, ripples through the industry, Shane. I can't believe you. Hey, you, there's still time to buy a box at your local friendly game store. Hey, and mm-hmm. speaking of that, I'll also say that uh, in person back in March, Reagan Shane and I played Wingspan in person, and it was awesome. It was. It was really awesome. Great board game. Just someday. Me feel FOMO. Some, that someday. Feels like a, that feels like a wild. I didn't even think about world. it being this year until this mm-hmm. very moment. So. We are literally out of weddings to be able to get together again for so hey, don't uh, say that that you, that you're cursing one of our our existing marriages if you say <laughs> that we're gonna in the oh, short boy. all right in the short term yes. we are out of wedding we are <laughs> no. we, we are we are out of weddings to compel a get together we we talk about short con every year i'm calling it now short con 2022 is happening let's ma- let's do it at my house listeners come on in the COVID's fine. <laughs> we're having a great. Oh we're, <laughs> we're having a great time over here. Uh, get on in. We're all going to be passing controllers for yeah. the person. Lick get, them when you got them. Get on in. We're doing Towerfall tournaments. It's going to be great. Uh, get on in. I'm looking forward to next year. So, uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game and for this entire year. And I am going to try and get this out before New Year's, but probably you're listening to this in 2022. So uh, I hope you're having a great year. Thank you for joining us here. And thank you for for bearing with us through our little gap there. Um, if you want to support the show, which we'd really love for you to do, the best way to do that is to go to the short game, or sorry, excuse me, to go to patreon.com slash the short game, and you can drop us even just a dollar a month, or really any amount that you feel like, but we love all of our patrons, and patrons get a number of great benefits, uh, some of those including getting access to our Discord, which is where we talk about the show, we plan games, that's where our, our, our Suggest-A-Game channel is, where folks can answer or ask questions about the show, um, and also uh, is uh, you get access to a special patron-only uh, podcast feed, which does two things for you. You get slightly earlier access to episodes, uh, usually just a few days early, but some folks like that. But also you'll be getting special stuff like what we just recorded before this episode when we were doing our our planning and horse trading, trying to figure out how to place our things into a list. Uh, if you want to hear us have that conversation, uh, it was fun and might be a fun listen. So that'll be out there for patrons only. We also, also you- we list our, our personal lists, our top mm-hmm. five to seven, depending, you know, on, on where this episode came from. If you want to hear mm-hmm. our individual lists, it's also in this discord or this Patreon episode. And I also say that if you want to support the short game by repping it on your body slash laptop slash Nintendo switch slash water bottle, whatever, uh, you can get some uh, short game stickers. Uh, we still have some by supporting the show at the $5 a month level. Even if you just do it briefly, we love folks to do that because we love to get those stickers out into the world. So bump up your support to five bucks and we'll send you those stickers. On your uh, on your body? Who's putting our stickers? If you've put your our stickers on your body, please 
share it in the Discord because I we've know. all depending <laughs> on where you put it on your body. yeah. That's why I hesit- <laughs> that's actually why I hesitated for a second, Laura, because I realized what I was about to ask. I'll also say if you've put it on an, an aesthetically pleasing place on your MacBook, please let me know because I still have not put mine on it because I'm I keep changing where I want to put it because I'm yeah. I have a brain worm, Laura. You've 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 I have a difficult situation. I design for a living. I have problems. <laughs> Just ask my husband how long it took me to design our wedding invitation. Um, I think you need to buy multiple laptops, and I think then the you stakes can... of where you put our sticker on your laptop is a little lower than designing the wedding invitation. I disagree, Reagan. But just, just yeah. put that's it on one there. I have to look at every day, and the other I never have to look at again once it's mailed. Fair enough. Fair enough. So. Uh, so, uh, listeners, you can also find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net. That's where you'll find all of our past episodes. You'll find our contact form. It's a searchable show notes page is nice. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at underscore short game, or you can find us all individually on Twitter. You can find me at Reagan K. Uh, Laura, where can people find you? On Twitter at Laura J. Nash. Shane, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at 8BitShane. And Nate, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at NateSTL. And also, uh, I'm happy to do one of my favorite things to do on this show. Uh, obviously, supporting us through, through Patreon is fantastic. Um, but another way you can support us is by leaving us a positive review on your various podcast uh, players. If I understand correctly, Spotify has just released that. So we're on Spotify. Go and give a review on that. Um, but also, you can do a review through iTunes. We are slowly but surely making our way to different milestones. Um, and we got a couple that, uh, since we haven't done an episode for a while, I wanted to make sure that I shout out. So the first one uh, came in through uh, 8-Bit Rad Magar, or maybe Major. Uh, they said a wonderful listen and a lot of other very nice things. Uh, well, 8-Bit Rad Major, you're wonderful. Thank you. And... Uh, uh, the other one came in from Dragon Slayer nine 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 nine. Thank you so much, Dragon Slayer. Uh, they love this show, strongly recommend it, and also recommended a game for us to play via an iTunes review. So, if you really want us to play a certain game, I can't think of a better way to get it in our radar than giving us a a five star review. And uh, putting it in your iTunes review, what game you want us to play. We will absolutely see it. Uh, Demon Slayer, the Hinokami Chronicles. So, maybe. Maybe. Listen, friend, I I think I might be the only person on this show who would consider playing that. So I probably won't be able to browbeat my colleagues into playing uh, an anime game based on Demon Slayer, the Demon Slayer anime, but uh, from me to you, <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh, Demon Slayer is sick. That, that dude's like, I sister. see you. That's awesome. They're, yeah, they're I see you. Demon Slayer, it it does kick some ass. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? If it's a short game, maybe I should give that a try. Yeah. Uh, I have I've not thought about playing the Demon Slayer game, but uh, now I'm thinking about it. Well, Thank you. Uh, yeah, what yeah, was it? Dr- Dragon, Dragon Slayer, and then a whole Dragon lot of nines. Slayer. And the two of you nice. both made it in our game of the year episode. So thank you again for your kind words, your, your the time you took to send us a nice review. We appreciate it. Much appreciated. And thank you once again to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of the Short Game.